Today, we'll tell you what to do about all of the injuries that have been happening over the first two weeks of the season. We'll sift through some of the most added and dropped players to see if people are making smart decisions, and we'll look into which prospects could be called up in the near future. That's today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. I'm Taylor Tarter, and this is Fastball Fantasy Baseball. Let's get into it. Coronavirus! So before we get into COVID stuff, I got a question from a listener on Twitter uh, about a trade that he's considering. And I want to get your take on it. So he, so it, he has DeGrom, Urias, Burns, Hendricks, uh, and it looks like a couple other, McKenzie, Taiwan Walker, Otani, so he's got some pitchers. His outfield right now is Chris Bryant, Randy Rosarena, and Byron Buxton. Would you ship uh, Hendricks for Aaron Judge if the other guy will take that deal? Did he specify what kind of league he's in? Not sure. Not sure. Okay. I, well, I would say if- I'd say either way. Either keeper, redraft, whatever. I think I think it's a good deal for right now. Yeah, I, my only concern would be if he's in a if he's in a points league because Judge does K a lot. Um, but you're only giving up Hendricks, and you have a really deep staff. I, depending on the league, I would probably I would lean more towards making a deal. Yeah. I just think he's got a depth issue at outfield and like you got to yeah. you got to do something and I think that is a fair deal but so yeah. let's get into uh let's get into some some covid updates so here we go again another team dealing with covid issues uh the twins missed games against the angels over the weekend they missed a game against Oakland on Monday uh and Drelton Simmons chose not to get the vaccination and of course what happens he gets covid go figure right so they've uh you know he's dealing with that there's a few other players that are dealing with covid issues as well they postponed games uh so far we've gotten six postponed games last year there were 45 and i think it's kind of safe to say at this point i think we're going to surpass that this year um, yeah. Only two games didn't get made up from last season. I think the the good thing about doing a full season this year is there's a good chance that they can fit in those makeup games somewhere. Uh, but it still jacks up everything. It jacks up the major league schedules. It messes up things for fantasy. Uh, people are losing matchups. You're having to figure out, you know, pitching issues and things like that. It's annoying. Uh, you know what I just saw too, right before we we logged on here. Uh, the Twins have put on Max Kepler um, and two other guys on the COVID list. Like it must have just happened, maybe within the last hour or two. Um, so it it comes in it comes in a wave and a fury. You know, you just got to be mentally prepared that you could have already set your lineup and your guys are going down. You know, that's just part of this weird year. And hopefully now that, you know, across the board, it seems like the vaccinations are opened up to, to everybody now, basically. Hopefully this gets the ball rolling 
for these players yeah. to get vaccinated and hopefully guys like Andrew and Simmons who are not getting vaccinated <laughs> see what's going on and are like, well, I got to do my part now. So we'll yeah. see. But uh, yeah. Spencer Turnbull, some good news is coming back today from uh, for Detroit. Uh, I would say go at him in deep leagues. Uh, he's going to be mm. playing playing the Pirates likely when he returns, and that's a pretty good matchup for any pitcher. For sure. Um, another big thing about Turnbull coming back is uh, it makes it pretty interesting to see what happens to the other guys in the Tigers rotation. Um, I know Scooble hasn't gone deeper than four innings in any of his three appearances. So it makes sense when you hear A.J. Hinch say uh, Scooble's going to piggyback on Turbo's first start uh, this year. Um, Jose Urania has not pitched well, uh, but they still might give him a few more starts, and maybe they just go with a modified six-man rotation given how early the season is. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how they handle it in the coming weeks. Yeah, and, and this is going to be one of, potentially one of several teams this year who are using six-man rotation. So it's, a, it's an interesting wrinkle this season for those teams, something to pay attention to. And then you have the Astros. Altuve, Bregman, Jordan have been out on the, on the COVID list. Uh, we should see them back in lineups throughout this week. I think Bregman was supposed to come back when we're recording this uh, on Tuesday, but uh, we'll see. But they should be back at some point this week. I'm personally, I'm expecting a slow restart from them. You know, time, it's been a week or so, time off. They are going to have to get adjusted back. So it might be, they might have a couple uh, duds these first few days. If not, yeah. I'll be pleasantly surprised. But you have to have to have them in your lineups if they're in weekly leagues. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing is they're, they're doing an interleague uh, matchup before we post this, right? So uh, it's going to be fun to look back and see how they play against Colorado these next two games. Um, but I'm, I'm really – I'm pulling for you, Jordan owners. Hopefully uh, he takes the field and he inches closer towards uh, that pipe dream of positional eligibility. Something beyond the DH would be uh, – very helpful. I know it depends on your platform, but uh, man, if they just can just get two games and get them closer to outfield eligibility or first base, wherever you have it, then it would be great for you. I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we brought up Andrelton Simmons, right? He declined to get vaccinated, but a lot of teams are getting their players vaccinated. Jake McGee is one of those players who was having sort of a, a little bit of a career resurgence as San Francisco's closer, but uh, he's been having some kind of lingering side effects from the vaccine. So he's been missing time. That's just, you know, something else to pay attention to is more players get vaccinated. There are side effects, right? So um, just kind of something we're going to have to keep our eye on this year. So let's go ahead and take a look at a few players who are injured and to see what we can do to compete if we roster those players. Ouch, baby. Very ouch. So there's a ton of players out right now. I, I don't know when I've ever seen this many players, <laughs> like significant players, fantasy relevant players out all at the same time for lengthy injuries, a lot of them. Of course, you know, I have six 
players in one league that are on the IL and I have two IL spots and so hard. It's so hard to stay competitive. So what do, what do we do with all these guys injured? How, you know, we were in, in, I know in our league, we're like scraping the the bottom of the barrel and the waiver wire. So to kind of help our listeners figure out what to do, let's go through a few uh, players and positions where there are some some injuries and see if we can figure out uh, some directions here. So at second base, uh, you have Chris Owings with a thumb. Who, he needs thumb surgery. Albies mm-hmm. was out with a uh, calf injury. He could be back by the time we record. But if you have a second baseman that's out, who are you looking for uh, for help to roster uh, in place of one of these guys? Well, depending on the way your league is configured, uh, I, my eye is dead on uh, Miguel Rojas. He's, he's a shortstop, so if you've got that middle infield uh, spot available for you, um, he's a guy that should help you out in batting average. He, uh, he walks more than he Ks. He's got a 9% walk rate and a 7% K rate. He's got three stolen bases in 15 games, uh, and he's coming off a career year. He's 33, so he's older. Most people don't want to touch an old guy. You know, uh, but he's been hitting second in a very, very feisty Marlins lineup. And uh, I, I think he deserves your consideration for sure. Yeah. And, and there's some guys, you know, like McKinstry and Chisholm who are very popular pickups. We're going to talk about them later in the most added list. But, you know, th- those guys have been scooped up in a lot of leagues. So I'm going to go a different direction here. If, if Jed Lowry is available in your league i would snatch him up he's another old guy 30 like 37 years old or something but he's pretty well he's doing all right uh and it looks really legit he makes ross look young yeah (laughs) but you know he does have a high babbit but the plate discipline looks like 2019 when he hit 267 with 23 home runs so that's a good sign. The average probably won't stick around, but it seems like the production will, and he is playing a lot. So, you know, people are going to, are going to miss out, but I say, go grab him. Yeah. Another important player that's out right now, Anthony Rendon is out with a groin injury. If you have listened to this podcast before and you need a third baseman, you know exactly who I'm going to tell you to pick up. And that's Evan Longoria. His BABIP is up a little bit, so the average is going to drop, but maybe only to 270. His walks and his plate discipline numbers are improved. He has the best exit velocity of his career. He's a 50% hard contact rate, so you know that what he's doing is for real. I would go snatch him up right now. I roster him in, in a league, in a, in a deep league. Uh, but if you have injuries at third base, he's a guy yeah. that's overlooked that you should really, really be be looking at. Yeah, big time. He's something's really got into him this year. Uh, he's a perfect guy to fill in for Rendon um, if he's available in your league, uh, and he seems to be available in a pretty heavy amount of leagues. Uh, it looks like thirty-one percent of Yahoo has have him rostered, and forty-nine percent of ESPN. So, you know, if you're if you're hurting, go grab him. And, and th- there's a bunch of outfielders out too. Uh, of course, three of them I roster on one team. Uh, I have 
<laughs> Bellinger, Bellinger has a hairline fracture in his fibula. Starling Marte has a non-displaced rib fracture. And Yelich is having back soreness. These are not injuries that you want your players to deal with. Yelich, even though he might come back uh, pretty soon, back, back soreness, back issues are not good. Uh, Grisham is out with a quad injury. Acuna has an ab injury. Uh, lots of lots of issues in the outfield. So my suggestion, if you're in need of an outfielder, see if Kike Hernandez is available. I know the strikeouts are bad, and he's another like high Babbitt player right now. But it's not too high. He has a five percent home run to fly ball rate. This likely means that power is coming. He's got a twelve percent career home run to fly ball rate so you know that some of those fly balls he's hitting are eventually going to turn into home runs I think he just hit a home run on Monday uh in a game so it it is a good sign it's happening the launch angle looks good the hard contact looks good home runs are coming pick up Kike Hernandez yeah outfield uh we we definitely share that problem uh in our league together but uh it's got me thinking like you know, you know the Lion King meme where Mufasa tells Simba, "Everything the light touches will be yours." <laughs> but then Simba's like, "What about where the light doesn't ch- touch?" Well, that's the outfield waiver wire. It is dark. It is barren. It is a place you do not want to go. But if you must, uh, I'm I'm staring at Brian Reynolds uh, of the Pirates. Um, and he's available in more than half of most leagues. Um, he is another guy with, with an early high BABIP of 405. Uh, but that's what happens when you're, you have a line drive rate of 40%. Uh, he's coming off a, a pretty hot week, and uh, he's showed enough promise in the past for him to be a guy that you take a chance on in these uh, very tough times. Yeah, and, and just to kind of like piggyback off of that, so I have – done an episode a couple episodes reviewing BABIP like how it's factored you know how how it's calculated what it means that sort of thing and one thing that I'm not sure people are aware of is high line drive hitters like if you if you have a high line drive percent chances are you're going to have a higher BABIP because you're hitting the ball harder to places where defenders can't get it and so line drive hitters, um, hard hitters, and speedy players tend to have higher BABIPs. So that's something to take into account when you look at a guy like that and you go, oh, well, he's getting lucky. That might not be the case. He just might be hitting the ball really hard. Uh, and that might be a, a huge uh, a huge thing to, c- to consider with our, our listener who had that trade proposal. Uh, Aaron Judge just, just hits – frozen ropes left and right Demolishes um, so the ball. Gonna, yeah he's gonna have a naturally a very high batter because he just hits the ball so darn hard Put, make the trade buddy <laughs> i'm all the way back on board now <laughs> and then so we've got pitchers out right now julian merriweather's out with an oblique injury according to the team he could be out long term jordan romano's coming back he should be able to pick up saves you got strasburg is out with a shoulder injury his Velocity was down. He looked like he was playing hurt. And, you know, that that really sucks for him. He's been dealing with injuries for a long time. Uh, Lance Lynn just got put on the IL with a trap strain. 
And then these aren't necessarily fantasy related, but I'm, I'm going to drive home a point here. These players are all out with biceps injuries. Ben Heller of Arizona, who's a starting pitcher, uh, Miguel Cabrera, but Miami starting pitchers, Eliezer Hernandez and Edward Cabrera and Oakland pitcher AJ Puck. They're all out with biceps injuries. And I'm going to drive that point home after, after you make your point here. Yeah. All right. So you know what I'm just fed up with? There has been positively zero news to be found out about uh, my, my buddy, Framber Valdez. Uh, the adjectives that are used to describe the news are, are great. You know, he's made huge steps forward. Uh, the news coming from the doctors was very exciting, but uh, so far, since the start of the season, all we know at this very moment uh, is that he has started throwing program 14 days ago, uh, and there is no clear timeline for return. Uh, so very, very frustrating. <laughs> and and so with so many pitchers out, who are you looking to replace those injured injured pitchers with? And and I'm looking at Jose Urquidy of Houston. He's looking mediocre right now. I think a 450 ERA right now. Um, so he might be available in leagues, but he should be doing better. And, and I think he probably will soon. His walk rate is relatively low, 2.25. His home runs per nine innings is under one. He's not giving up home runs. The strike, strikeouts per nine is over 10. He has a 357 BABIP against versus a career 269 BABIP. High BABIP for pitcher is a sign of getting unlucky, right? So this likely means that he, he should, that he should even out soon. The FIP, XFIP, and Sierra all advanced ERA metrics think he's closer to a mid-three pitcher. I think he's a sneaky add if you are, are suffering from injured pitchers on your team. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, he is making a start today when we make this post uh, in Colorado, unfortunately. So uh, it might drive his price down a bit further, which would kind of help you out if uh, you're looking to acquire him in a trade or uh, he happens to be a free agent. Uh, but this is definitely a guy he's going to turn it around. Uh, so don't worry if he explodes in, in Denver. <laughs> uh, it's probably best to sit him – on the bench if you had a chance to do that uh, as you probably would with the, the fair middling tier uh, starting pitchers, try to put them on your bench uh, when they're in Denver. Um, but with that said, watch, he's going to throw a gem tonight or <laughs> of course don't, don't come at me. Okay. <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the point I want to drive home about all of this, about these injuries is that a lot of them are soft tissue injuries and they are going to be a serious problem this year because of the time off from last year. You look at uh, George Springer who had an oblique injury, I think, and then was coming back from that and then strained his quad, right? And you have so many oblique injuries, so many hamstring injuries, quad injuries, groin injuries, back injuries. It's all soft tissue they had these players had a weird year last year where they ramped up in spring training like they normally would, then had to shut down all of a sudden, then ramp up again, 
play a third of their normal schedule. And now they're trying to get back to this long grinding season where they're playing basically every day, you know, and what we're seeing is a bunch of soft tissue injuries and it's something that we're going to have to factor in for the whole rest of the season. You have to factor in that your guys are going to go down for 10, 15 days. There's a ton of these muscle injuries out there. It's going to continue working the waiver wire is going to be so important this year. And so what we're going to do right now is take a look at the most added and drop players, look at the trends, see if people are making the right calls and, and if we should follow those trends or not right after a word from our sponsor. I lift things up and put them down. So one of the most added players in, in, fantasy baseball right now is second base outfielder Zach McKinstry of the Dodgers. He kind of came out of nowhere. It seems he had a decent career in the minors. Wasn't spectacular though. Uh, He is earning time now with Bellinger out. I would say you can reasonably expect the average to come down at some point, but I will definitely ride the wave while it lasts. If I had him in a league, He has good, not great, hard contact. Chase rate is reasonable. What has improved for him a lot, which is keeping him in the league right now, is his contact on pitches in the strike zone. It's 93%. That's absurd. That's like Michael Brantley numbers. His overall contact is about 80%, which is up from like 68% last year, something like that. The improved discipline is a good sign, but he might lose time when when players like Bellinger um, and Lux uh, come back. As a guy who owns Gavin Lux uh, and watching McKinstry play, it certainly has me concerned. I thought that this would be the year that Lux uh, finally grabs the reins and plays a really good second base and is hitting in the top third of the lineup by the end of the year. And uh, with McKinstry playing the way he has been playing, it makes Dave Roberts' job uh, both harder and easier, I guess, at the same time. Uh, the Dodgers never fail to have that depth, uh, and we just see it year and year again. Um, so, I, think, yeah. I think it would be easier to sit him if Chris Taylor also wasn't doing pretty well. Yeah. but well, that, It's sort of like it feels like McKinstry is this year's, like, 2016 Chris Taylor, right? Like, he, that's another guy who just, like, kind of came out of nowhere – and played every position, and it didn't didn't matter. You plug him in, he's gonna he's gonna do the job. And I and that just seems to be the Dodger way, right? Yep, that's unbelievable. It's almost not fair. It's totally unfair that they're so deep. <laughs> and so another another player on the most added list is starting pitcher Wade Miley from Cincinnati. For me, there are red flags right away. Seven point three strikeouts per nine. He has no home runs allowed right now. 100% strand rate. He's leaving 100% of runners on base. Yeah, right. Yeah. 143 Babbitt for pitchers. Low Babbitt, lots of luck. So he's got 143 Babbitt. All, all of these are signs that regression is going to come so hard. I would not add him unless you absolutely need a streaming pitcher for like a day. And it, for me, it would have to be the perfect matchup for me to start him. So to me, I'm 
totally ignoring him. I'm definitely not picking him up. And if I have him right now, I'm looking to trade him while the value's high before he gets shellacked in his next start or two starts from now or whenever it's going to happen because it's going to happen. Yeah, a guy that uh, has definitely intrigued me is uh, Oscar Enoa, uh, Atlanta's starting pitcher who came onto the steam. Uh, I believe he's only 23 years, 23 years old. Um, and he's had two really good starts uh, against them, the Nats and the Marlins, uh, but he got absolutely shelled in his most recent start against the Cubs in Wrigley. Um, so, but in those Nats and Marlins uh, games, he recorded 12 innings and he spotted a, a 58% ground ball rate uh, with a 15 to two strike to uh, walk ratio. Um, so I, it's the guy that you should keep your eye on for sure. He's in a really crowded staff uh, in Atlanta. Kyle Wright and Bryce Wilson just recently got starts. Um, and as well as you have Max Fried, who may even return from the DL or IL rather uh, by Sunday um, from the hamstring injury. Uh, if you have him, I would hold him. Um, you know, that is. Uh, and then you just kind of see how the Braves deploy him for the next two weeks to make a real good decision. Yeah, and, you know, he's one of those guys where you pick him up and and if you need – if he starts kind of like heading downhill, you don't feel bad about dropping him. Yeah, it's not a, not a, not a tough decision, really. Um, another guy who has been on everybody's radar the last couple of days is Jazz Chisholm. Um, today I got a notification from the MLB app, and it read something like, this rookie belongs in the same conversation of elite as Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, Fernando Tatis. And so naturally I had to open it right away and I couldn't believe that it was an article about Jazz Chisholm. Uh, I'm really glad that he's starting to turn a corner because he really hasn't looked good so far in his professional career. Um, because, uh, before last week, it looked like the Marlins uh, were totally fleeced in the deal when they gave up Zach Allen to get Jazz a few years back. Uh, but if this hype continues to grow, I'd have no problem selling him because he's got a 25.5% K rate, uh, and that is very not good. Um, I will credit him with smacking the crap out of the ball, though. Uh, he is currently 16th on fan graphs and their hard hit percentage leaderboard. Uh, so that, again, uh, explains when you hit the ball really hard, you, you have a high BABIP and his is 400. Uh, I think it's a case, though, uh, given how young he is, uh, that we're going to see major league pitchers begin to expose uh, some of his weaknesses uh, in due time. Ride the wave or sell high. Yeah, I definitely agree. And another one other player, before we get into the most dropped list, one other player on the most added list, Surprisingly, catcher Wilson Ramos of Detroit now. Uh, I don't know how he is doing what he's doing. He has a 179 BABIP, so the average could actually improve, and the average is decent right now, but he is striking out a quarter of the time, so that's going to put limitations on how much better he does with batting average. He has a 404 ISO score right now that measures extra base hits that's unreal that's really really high so that is something that is you know a point of regression 
going forwards, but some good things, 44% hard contact rate. He's finally putting the ball in the air. He's improved his launch angle from six degrees to 15 degrees. So that's really good. That's sort of the sweet spot in, in launch angle. Uh, his ground ball rate, because of that, uh, lifting the ball a little bit more, he's gone from the 50% range to 38%. This has some of the best plate discipline metrics of his career. This is the time to snag him. Uh, this What he's doing looks legit. So talking about a few of the most dropped players on uh, in fantasy baseball, Zach Davies, uh, pitcher for the Cubs, he already has a low K rate. He's never been a high strikeout type of pitcher. It's 6.35 strikeouts per nine so far. He has seven walks per nine, uh, seven 0.7 home run to uh, home run. I think that should be home runs per nine. Positives are a high Babbitt, so he is he is getting a little bit unlucky, and the low uh, home run per nine rate. But uh, definitely worth dropping, even in deep leagues. Uh, I would just say like cut ties. Don't feel bad if you're one of those people dropping him. Yeah. Let let him go. Time time to let him go. Yeah. I Another similar feeling I have uh, like that is with Clint Frazier. Um, I was high on him coming into the year, but Same. so far in 40 plate appearances, he has barreled exactly one ball in 40 plate appearances. Um, and he only has a hard hit ball five times. Uh, he's got a 35% K rate. Uh, I'm guessing this this dude maybe he's got glaucoma or something, and I don't I don't know. He can't seem to see the ball. Uh, I, I think it's a safe safe drop, but the talent is there in the end. So uh, keep him on your watch list. There's a reason that the Yankees didn't deal him for a very desperately needed arm the last few trade deadlines. Uh, so he's going to continue to receive opportunities in a pretty decent Yankee lineup. Uh, so just watch him and. You know, if he starts to turn around, jump on him. Yeah, and, you know, I agree that if if you aren't, like, absolutely desperate for outfield, you don't need to roster him. But we liked him preseason for a reason. So definitely don't just throw him away and, 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 and you know, forget about him. Keep an eye on him. See if things start to happen for him. But, yeah, don't, don't feel bad if you, if you dropped him. Yeah. Another player on the most drop list, outfielder Jock Peterson. He has a very low BABIP that is driving the low batting average, but he also has uncharacteristically low exit velocity and hard contact rate so far. His plate discipline isn't far off from the norm, uh, and, and he is walking more, but strikeouts are still a problem for him. So there are some good things and some signs that things might get better uh, if he can figure out how to put better contact on the ball. So I might hang on to him a little longer in deep leagues to see if things kind of change, see if his luck improves a little bit and, and if the contact improves. But if you're in a shallow league, I would say cut him loose. Uh, yeah. But anything beyond like a 10-team league, I would say you got you to gotta hold on for now. Yeah, the next guy on our list is Dylan Moore from Seattle. Uh, a guy, again, with another huge K rate. It's 34.5%. Um, he's at least barreled four balls uh, and had 11 hard hit balls. Um, but disastrous Babbitt. 
Uh, he's he's got a 167 BABIP, so that tells you something's got to give here. Um, but again, again, safe safe to drop, but keep him on your watch list. And the last player here is a tough one for for me to swallow because I'm a diehard Nats fan, but Patrick Corbin is getting dropped everywhere. He looks like he has some serious command and control issues. The walks per nine right now is almost at 10. The home runs per nine is almost at six. He's obviously throwing into some bad luck at 381 Babbitt, but that's not like crazy high. Uh, he has a 33% home run to fly ball rate. The league average usually sits around 11 or 12%. So he is getting a bit unlucky on how many fly balls are turning into home runs, like almost three times at, at, you know what's normal. I was thinking it maybe was a velocity issue. The the fastball over over his career has ranged from 90 to 92 degrees, and it's still in that range. But we are seeing a drop in the slider and changeup velocity. I, I don't know how much that is playing into it. I think a lot of it is command and pitch selection. He's throwing lots of fastball changeups where his best years have been when he's throwing curveballs and sliders. I would say this is a guy you you if you're in ten teams or less you drop if you're in over ten teams, uh, hang on to him give give him like two more starts see if he figures it out but if he's got two more if, especially if there are two starts against kind of lower down teams uh, you know not so good offenses and he mm. still struggles then it's time to time to say goodbye. So with that being said, let's look at a few pitchers who you can pick up this week to stream. Am I streaming? Am I streaming? So a couple pitchers I would recommend are Griffin Canning, who is pitching next Tuesday at Texas. And really, uh, any pitchers that are pitching against Detroit, <laughs> Texas, Pittsburgh and Seattle, I'm going to very strongly consider. Uh, Canning has a really good matchup. And speaking of those pitchers, Matt Shoemaker has a good start against Pittsburgh on Sunday. He is widely available and uh, could be a sneaky pickup there. Yeah. Matt Shoemaker, uh, as long as he's been healthy, uh, he's, he's been a pretty good pitcher. His, his problem has always been, you know, getting, getting injured. And he pitched for a pretty good team now. So I, I'm definitely interested to – this is the kind of guy, you, if you pick him up, you might want to hold on to him for a couple starts, honestly. Um, but uh, back to the other side of things, I'm going to follow you there too. I, I mean, pitching guys against the Tigers lineup is a really good suggestion. Um, Kansas City's visiting Detroit this weekend. So uh, to me, it's a good opportunity to not necessarily pick up Mike Miner but you get a chance to pay attention to him a little bit if you're really desperate for a start. Uh, Mike Miner on Friday against Detroit would be pretty good. But uh, if I'm taking one wild card this weekend, uh, it's Brady Singer on Sunday for that uh, final day of your matchup, Hail Mary, to get you to the promised land if, if need be. And so we're going to wrap up today with a look at some of MLB's top prospects as we try to figure out when we're going to see them and if we'll see them soon. One 
prospect that I'm looking at right now, I'm thinking is going to make an, an appearance soon is Toronto pitcher Alec Manoa. There are lots of question marks in that Toronto pitching staff. Ryu is really the only locked in really good starter in that rotation. You have Mats and Ray who are doing good for now, but there's Steven Mats and Robbie Ray. So how long is this start going to last? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Robbie Ray has nine walks in 10 innings pitched. That's not, that's not good. Robbie Ray. (laughs) Robbie Ray. Uh, And then you have Stripling in the rotation and, and Tanner Roark who are having some rough starts. They both have ERAs above five. TJ Zoik, he's not a star. They called him up to fill a spot uh, to spot start. I think it's time you call up Manoa. He's got a lot of great prospect pedigree, a couple really, really good pitches. He's a hard thrower. I think it's time to bring him up. I think they bring him up pretty soon. Then another player who I think is very close to being called up is Jared Kelenic. You have an outfield in Seattle where Hanniger is hitting well, uh, and Seattle is about to get Kyle Lewis back from the injured list. But nobody else in that outfield is a threat for playing time right now and is, and is a threat to opposing um, pitchers. It looks like they're kind of like seeing what they have in, in Taylor Trammell, but he doesn't look very good. And so I have a feeling Kalanick is going to get the call soon, maybe by the end of the month. You have more faith in the, in the Seattle front office than I do. Um, that's my only real fear. I, I mean, obviously, I think the kids should be playing at this point, but uh, – I am, I'm pretty, I feel confident that this front office is the kind of uh, group of guys who want to play around with the Super 2 deadline uh, before calling them up, which uh, it, the Super 2 thing, it's, it's a crazy and very unspecific date uh, sometime in, after the second half, like you, after the middle of You can't of June, look it up. You can't, I, can't. I Googled when is the Super 2 deadline. I looked for it for like 20 minutes. There is yeah. no date. There's no date. Yeah, it's it's some weird uh, sort of uh, average of time served for players two years ago to figure out when it is this this year. I I, I we'll, we're going to dedicate time to this for real in the future. I think because uh, it is something that we should know, <laughs> and maybe we could explain it to help people out. Um, but uh, I think that the that the M's are are going to try and. Um, they're not, they're not trying to compete, right? I mean, their team's still in rebuild. So, uh, to me, there is a lot of benefit to a front office to keep a guy down beyond the Super 2 deadline. Um, and I, I, I remember Carlos Correa going through something like that with the Astros, and that's why he was called up uh, whenever he, he was in June of, of 2015. Um, so... I think he's going to be down, honestly, for like the next nine weeks. <laughs> well, we'll we'll have to see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one one last prospect who should get the call sometime is yeah. Wander Franco in Tampa. As far as what Tampa has in the majors right now, Joey Wendell is the only middle infielder that's hitting in that offense. Uh, Tampa does not have a good third baseman either right now. They don't have anybody that's a star there. So 
I think that's another player that we could be seeing soon. They, they definitely have a void. Wendell is mostly playing third base anyways, even though he's, you know, he's one of those players who's listed at like every infield position except first base. So I think this is an opportunity for Franco to settle in at shortstop who, you know, they have Willie Adamas there now who's batting 180. This is like prime, prime time for them to call him up. I think this is another one that is going to happen relatively soon. Yeah. I mean, and, and, I'm pretty sure that Saturday was the day that you can call people up and avoid and gain that extra year of control for organizations. Right. So we are definitely in that time where we can see these guys come up very, very soon. Um, And in the case of the Rays, they are trying to compete. And if they have any aspirations of competing for a world series, getting Wander Franco in the field as soon as possible is the move that they have to make. Um, and they are obviously in trouble offensively. Uh, they, they Getting him into the lineup would help them big time, as we're told, right? So that's kind of part of it is uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned because all we have ever really known about Wander Franco is what's been told to us. We haven't seen him play. It's very hard to find clips of him. Um, he's received unanimous praise for the last two, two plus years. Um, but again, like we haven't really seen him play. And with the loss of last year, like not, not being able to play any league, uh, I know he was at the, the alternative alternative training site and they spoke highly of him there. But I just wonder, you know, we've been conditioned to believe that this is the guy uh, for so long that can this 20-year-old kid satisfy the fantasy community immediately upon arrival? Um Either way, though, if he's available in your league, it's a no doubt about it. Adam, yesterday. We'll be back next Wednesday with more fantasy baseball info for you. We'll be doing a deep dive on some unexpected hot starts to see if they're legit or not. So make sure you've subscribed so you're notified when new episodes publish. If you want to get more info from me, I'm currently writing baseball, fantasy baseball, and baseball betting articles for thegameday.com, so check out my articles there. I wrote a bunch of articles in March. Thegameday.com is a great source for sports betting and fantasy news, so make sure to check it out. Also, check out creativesports2.com. That's the number two. I have a column there called Three Strikes, and I'll be posting there every Thursday. Finally, please give the show a five-star rating. Each high rating helps move this podcast up the list on all the podcast platforms when people are searching for fantasy baseball. So it's something that really helps Matt and I out. Follow the show on Instagram at Fastball Fantasy Baseball. You can follow us on Twitter at Fastball Pod. Reach out. Let me know you're listening. I'm very interactive on social media. Tweet the show with your drop ad, trade, start, sit questions, and you might just hear it on the show. And feel free to also email us at fastballfantasybaseball at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or ideas. Thanks for listening.